conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash Girls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash Girls. Sign up today. New York is the concrete jungle, and I'm always leading the pack. Money can't buy happiness, but you can rent it indefinitely. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) You guys! Oh my god, I'm like very excited. I'm like blushing a little bit. It's Andy's Girls. It's episode 147, and I have a new person on the people's people's couch and I'm so excited about it highly recommended by OG of the AG Damian Bellino uh, guys writer Rafi D'Angelo is here looking fat I feel like we match <laughs> we do we are For, in very comfortable kind we're of like comfortable but still tops. like but chic AF we can go to Whole Foods in this and we, it's fine <laughs> like, like, it's fine can I tell you I wore this exact outfit with different Spanx leather leggings two days ago and I went to like a very chic wine bar in Nolita and I had like my cute little fur or whatever. I'm sorry. Sorry, guys. But like I die for fur. I die for a vintage fur. 20-year vegetarian. That's I do fine. not fuck with fur. I love it. I love it for a moment. So I was like sitting down and then I realized like, wait a second, I have to take off the jacket and I felt, I was like, wait, I'm surrounded by, you know, Nolita. Yes, it's like, like oh, I'm like, dressed. Right. So I was like, I don't know if I can, I didn't feel comfortable enough to take off my jacket, even though I think I look adorable. You do. Why did, my audio. did So you didn't take it off. I did, and I wore my coat the entire time, but then it was like also super cold. Oh, what was it on? Was it on Galentine's? No, it was a day after. It was super cold. Oh, it was cold. It was like 20 something. Yeah, it was like negative mm-hmm. 17 degrees. Um, so <laughs> not, not a real number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I um all this to say I guess this is just in honor of Valentine Day. I need to be my number one gal. Yes. Be and your embrace, own biggest fan. Be my own biggest Well, I'm so excited to already be your biggest fan. <laughs> she has fans now, y'all. <laughs> she does. Also, we have matching eyewear. Oh, we what do. Is I did I did not realize. Yes, we have matching. It's, and these I chose to wear today just <gasps> to match my jewelry. Because so. it does. You are so Raffi is wearing all yellow 
gold moments and yellow gold as I am showing you my. I can't and, mix them. I hate mixing. No, I hate yeah. mixing. I have one little rose gold thing and I actually think I need to return it. I bought it two and a half years <laughs> yeah, ago. What else do you have that's rose gold? This is the problem, except I'm looking at this rose gold locket. Oh, my oh, God. We could, go. like, literally talk forever. <laughs> We're just, like, literally going off on jewelry that none of you guys can see. see. Maybe we'll just take a photo of just our, just jewelry. our jewelry. We'll just lay it out. Right? P.S. Can I please tell you, so on Valentine's Day, obviously the worst day of the year. It's, True. like, literally a national trigger warning. True. It's, like, for regardless of whether you're fucking somebody, dating somebody, God forbid you're married, like, no matter what, it's, it's just like a, a fucking it's nightmare. It's a landmine. There's so many people. It's like, well, I'm at the sky, da 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 And then he asked me to go out this weekend I was like you know it's Valentine's right I was like okay we'll wait till next weekend why why can't we just go out my late 20s boyfriend and I when I when I was <laughs> when I was in my late 20s so literally a day ago yeah, yesterday I was dating this guy it was a mess he told me he loved me between the first and second date obviously big warning flag mm -hmm. but I was like oh he's the one it was a horrible horrible idea but for Valentine's Day he was from the Midwest and like had a big thing for breadsticks and cheese sauce I'm from New England that mm. sounds disgusting no. to me I think it honestly like repulses me and I bet the cheese sauce had Velveeta in it I've heard that about the Midwest I, they put that stuff in everything right on like pizza or something Ooh. too it's disgusting no. anyway shout out to the Midwest <laughs> so I for Valentine's Day because I don't believe in any of that shit but I love to give like a great mm -hmm. gift to people I love thinking about it and think creatively I found from Facebook rest in peace his favorite disgusting place for breadsticks and cheese sauce in Indiana got in touch with their corporate office for the first time they've ever in the history of the company overnighted in dry ice breadsticks and cheese sauce and showed up to his apartment on Valentine. I was a live-in nanny at the time waited dropped off the kid went back to the apartment grabbed the fucking frozen breadsticks went to his apartment Dropped it off and was like, happy Valentine's Day. He opened it, yes. okay, with the letter that said, like, dear so-and-so, this is, you should feel very fortunate for your girlfriend. This is the first time we've ever done this in the history of whatever. And then he gave me my gift, Ooh. which was a find your missing car key buzzer thing because Funnily to him, I had lost one of my half of my favorite pair of Manolo Blahniks and accused him of like somehow me losing it. I don't know, in his apartment or something. And he thought it would be funny for Valentine's Day to give me like one of those, like even though I don't own a car. To tag your shoes or? To, to just as a joke. Oh. And so. I, the, Wait, how yeah, how long had you been in this relationship? Well, I mean, every day was a century, but I would say we, st I don't remember. I, was I it over a year? No, 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 Then no. you, you did too much. I did, first of all, okay, I did too much, but I, I come from much. a place of doing too much. I am a wonderful. <laughs> I wish you, everyone I, could see my face right. because that was. <laughs> I am a creative, but I always, I like overdo. I, but it's not, and for me, it's not, it's never about like money or, or anything mm -hmm. like that. It's like I surprised my parents one year for their anniversary with a trip to, trip to the Big Apple. Mm -hmm. So I gave them a box with an apple inside. Like I am that person. Like I really love creative shit. And I, but it was just a mess. All this to say, Valentine's Day, worst day of the year. I've had really great Valentine's Day. Oh, have you? Day. Oh, how I wonderful have. for you. The I'm so happy for you, The best steak I've ever had Rossi. in my life, this guy cooked for me on his roof in like <gasps> 20 degree weather on Valentine's Day. <laughs> 
I met I met my I met my very first boyfriend ever on the J train the year I moved to New York. We met on Christmas Eve (gasps) on the J train. Oh my god! And it was like this super. Did you guys were you like laden with like presents for your family and you saw each other and you're like you're gonna be my gift now? Super tragic story where I had well I had just moved here I had no money I moved to New York with two suitcases and five hundred dollars because I thought oh this would be great everything will be fine. Wait, did the five hundred dollars also count toward your housing? Yes, I had five (gasps) hundred dollars and two suitcases and I um actually I was I'm from South Carolina and I had gone on a job interview on Tuesday and got hit by a deer on the right side of my car and then I was like crying to my parents like oh no I'm gonna get this job but I have no car and so my mom let me use hers and then Thursday on the way back from a second interview I got hit on the left side of my mom's car by a deer in the same week same deer was it out for revenge no I it was probably a cousin it was was a cousin maybe but it was the same stretch of road I'm like all right you know what I don't ever want to drive drive there I just don't want to drive again where can I live where I don't have to drive I don't speak a second language so I'm limited to New York and London New York is closer I'm gonna just move to New York that's what I said so I bought a plane ticket the next day on Friday to leave on Monday and then I told my parents on Sunday I was like okay I'm moving to New York and my dad's like okay and my mom's like what 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 are you doing that is a dad (laughs) response and so I left and then I stayed in a hostel in Kew Gardens until I could find a job and some housing and all that stuff so needless to say my first apartment was crappy I was living on the top floor of this you know recently renovated crappy building in Bushwick before it was cool oh it's very cool I got priced out of an attic in Gowanus and I live on the Upper East Side Brooklyn is where it's at yes so they were making like crack and meth in the basement I was sharing the top floor with three other people that I didn't know we had one bathroom Um, (sighs) one of the roommates cats used to throw up in my room all the time and my room was so small I had to like pick the mattress up and lean it against the wall so I could move around during the day because it was literally just a closet. <laughs> Lena Dunham only wishes <laughs> that she, she had, had thought this story. of this. Right. So I was working as a cashier at Bed Bath & Beyond on the Upper East Side, which is the worst place in the world. And That is the worst Bed Bath & Beyond in New in York City. It is. The be- it is the worst one. The best one is Chelsea, obviously. Best tr- people. Tr- oh, no, no. Best no, is Upper East Side. I like the Upper, upper West Side. Yeah, by Columbus my bad, Circle. My That's bad, the my best. Bad. That one is the worst because of the customers. And then the people who work there hate the customers because it's all these rich old white women who used to be rich but they're not anymore and they still want that power of being rich but they don't have any money so they would try to return sheets that are eight years old or they are still rich but their rich is not rich it is wealth and so they are the ones that will take their right. car and driver to 60th and first mm-hmm. to get a refund of two dollars because they are that fucking that would be sonia morgan's <laughs> Bed Bath Beyond. Someone texted me a photo of Dorinda at that Bed Bath and Beyond. I don't remember who did, but I got a text of somebody of Dorinda from that it. specific Bed Bath and Beyond. That's it's where it's where all the cool kids go. No. Holy <laughs> shit. So wait, so making this full circle, so you're on the J train. Oh, so, I, so um I had gone to work and I realized that I left my keys on top of my television, but all three of my roommates had left for the holidays. So I'm like, how do I get back in and you know to my apartment? And I called the landlord and he's like, Oh, I can, I have extra keys. I'm like, great. He's like, but I'm in Georgia. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so you don't have keys. And then one of my roommates was from New Jersey. So I texted him. I was like, I'll just, I guess I'll take the train to New Jersey and pick them up. But he was having midnight mass in Manhattan. So I went there oh to wait God. for him. Which, P.S., is that at midnight? I'm a Jew. It's a, 
around midnight. Oh, I okay, thought so I missed late. it because the train was late. So oh I got there at 1230 and the sidewalk was empty. I was like, oh, no, I already missed it. But he texted me. He was like, oh, mass is running late. We'll be out soon. I'm like, OK, great. So he came out, gave him his keys. I went to catch the train. And this is when the V train was still a thing. And so I was waiting on the V train. And this beautiful man just walks by <gasps> me. And I'm like, oh. I love this man like and I was just watching him and then he <laughs> sat down holidays. across from me on the train and I didn't know what to do because I just moved here from a town of 400 people in the south like do I look at this man do I talk to this man what do I do so I'm just sitting there like oh God, this like little 19 talk. year old kid like what do I do what do I do and then um we got to Delancey so I could switch to the J and we both got off the train. I'm like, okay, great. So I'm going to talk to him on the platform, but he left the station, found out later he went to go smoke a cigarette, but he left the station. And I was like, oh, I missed my chance. He came back right when the train was coming. Oh my God. Sat down across from me again. And we're like making eyes a little mm. bit at each other. Mm. But this was when these two guys had gotten killed in <laughs> Williamsburg because they were brothers and some homophobes thought they were a gay couple and <gasps> they got gay bashed and murdered. And so, what? so I thought every guy who looked at me on the J train <laughs> was a murderer. <laughs> yes. I mean, <laughs> which I don't think is unfounded. <laughs> So I was like, oh, no, he doesn't actually like me. He wants to kill me. <laughs> so then I got up and moved away from him. <laughs> no such thing as a bad review. <laughs> right? And I sat down on the opposite end of the train, but he was still looking at me. And I was oh like, OK, God. you know what? I'm just going to say something. Right. I'm just going to say something. But when you see something, away, say, say something. something. So what I did was I took my phone out of my pocket and I just like held it up and I pointed to it. And I was like mouthing, can I have your number? <laughs> And oh he just God. he just did like a head nod to go sit next to him. So I went and sat next to him. We talked. And he was like, that was an awkward hour. <laughs> I was like, just a little. And then we found out we lived a block away from each other. So I went home with him, spent oh, the night, oh. did all the gay things. Yes. And then the next morning I woke Happy up. Valentine's. And he was not in the bed. But oh. I could smell food because he was making breakfast. <gasps> oh. And I looked around Plot his apartment twist. and I could tell he had money because everything was dry cleaned. And <laughs> I was like, wow, he has like money. And they were like designer bags. I was like, oh, what did I stumble into? Go downstairs because it's a loft apartment. So I walked down his little spiral staircase Ooh. into his kitchen and he's making breakfast. And we watched Saturday morning cartoons. And then I went home and he was like, call me sometime. And I was like, okay, great. I will. But he called me before I even got to my door. He was like, the first call is always the most awkward. I want to get it out of the way. <laughs> Wait, are you guys still together? I'm no, obsessed. he broke up with me six okay. months later. <laughs> but that Valentine's Day, he uh, grilled me a steak on on his in roof. In 20 degrees. In 20 degrees. He put on like this big fur. See, and we love roof, a fur moment. And he grilled it. And there was he had soaked some wood chips and like apple cider vinegar or something like that. And To what, eat them? No, to smoke oh, okay. and like get the flavor. <laughs> yes, to eat them. That's, that's what I don't do. know how <laughs> meat eaters are. Like, I don't know fancy things. <laughs> so, yeah. Wait. So, that was my first Valentine's Day in the city. This guy made me this. <laughs> elaborate dinner on his roof I feel like this was such a good just like we can go home now okay bye I mean, <laughs> but this was such a good like little intro insight into your life your interest your your you your got a origin lot. You got story a lot in 10 minutes <laughs> listen Andy's girls we are heavy on a lot okay that is like where we are where we live so <laughs> it's like how do we what, how do we transition out of this wonderful moment this is so interesting so how long have you lived in the city 12 years and you are a writer i was a writer for a very long time when i first moved here i actually wanted to work in retail i, I moved here because i was a 
in college, I was assistant manager at the Gap Store. Love. And then. Perfect I, fold. Right. I had taken a trip to New York and they had just opened Uniqlo in Soho. It was like the only one oh in the United States. And I thought it was like Gap on steroids. I was like, oh my wow. God, everything is so basic and beautiful. And mm-hmm. I would love to work here in this very organized space. Yeah. So um, me and this, uh, this girl I was dating at the time, we decided we were going to move to New York and work for Uniqlo. That's what we were wow. going to do. And then it didn't How- work out. <laughs> The girl or the job? Both. Both. Um, she moved here also. She she moved here six months after I moved here. Um, so we had. Did to, she follow you here? Kind of. We broke up before I left because I was like I'm leaving. Like it was very abrupt when I said I was leaving. Okay. Because she hasn't she hasn't graduated yet. I was like I'm leaving. I can't do this anymore. I got hit by two deer. It's a sign. I need to go. And then I move up here and I like few months later meet this man and so i'm telling her i was like oh i met this guy on the train and she was like we took a break not broke up broke up and i was like well (laughs) so she moved up here like halfway through my relationship with that guy you know we hung out and stuff and then we rekindled after he dumped me and we dated for a while and then she left me for somebody else and now she lives in dc she's very happy she's got two kids but we don't speak (laughs) i'm that's so interesting. Yes, but we both wanted to work for Uniqlo at the time. Uniqlo wouldn't hire me because I didn't have New York retail experience. Which means just getting yelled at for three hours. Basically. And I was like, all right, so where can I work in this city? entry Because le- I would have to go in entry level. So I needed somewhere that had high turnover and that could get promoted with from within very yeah. quickly. And that store has one of the highest turnovers in New York City, the Bed Bath & Beyond on the Upper East Side. Holy and they promote shit. from within. and. Every I worked day. there for like six months and got promoted up. And once I put in my time, like a year and a half as a manager over there, then I applied to Uniqlo and got a job. <laughs> and then, so when did you start writing? I'd always been writing because I had a live journal. <laughs> oh. I, had a, I had a free open diary and then I had a live journal. Do you, rem- how long have you been internet savvy? Do you remember? Oh no, they didn't. I mean, like I am, community one on, day I will become okay. internet savvy. Um, hashtag new audio. Um, well, for anybody who's listening, somebody out there knows what Oh No They Didn't was. It was this uh, gossip community on LiveJournal um, that broke a few big stories. It's the only thing that's keeping LiveJournal afloat now. It's the only thing that makes money I didn't on know LiveJournal was still a thing. Because that's the only thing that's really still on their platform. This is, like pre, this is the pre-Reddit Reddit. Yes, this is before all of that. And so um, the girls who started it, we were all in a different community together, internet community on LiveJournal called Negro Clash. It was these like weird black kids who were interested in like alternative rock and you know pop culture but the pop culture didn't fit in with like the alt rock so they started a separate community called oh no they didn't oh wow and then it blew up into this whole thing and then some white guys stole it from them and if you look it up on vice there's like a whole expose about it but (laughs) but this was way back in the early days of internet gossip columns and stuff like that so i've been writing forever and then i moved up here and i was like you know what i'm gonna do like politics i want to have something i want to say something about the world Mm -hmm. so i started writing about politics and that was very fulfilling. My goal was to talk about politics to gay black men and black women mm. ages like 18 to 35. That's mm-hmm. what I went to talk to. That's what I went to break it down for. Had a great time doing it. Did it for mm-hmm. like five years. And then the election happened in 2016. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're a black person on the internet talking about you know, politics, you get a lot of negative things in your inbox. I get nooses, the N-word, stuff like that. But I got recognized in Times Square by this guy wearing a MAGA hat. And I was like, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> like, I'm tired. I don't. Wait, he went up to you and he was like, I know you're writing. He said, he said, he said my website. No, he just said my website. Like he saw me in Times Square and he said, oh, so let's talk about 
And I was like, uh-oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I'd been recognized before, but that was, I'd never been recognized by someone who I felt like didn't like me. And so then I just didn't want to do it anymore. Or could be a threat. I mean, that hat is a fucking threat. Right. And it was in the middle of Times Square, so I didn't feel like unsafe. I just felt like, this is stressful. I don't want to do this. I don't feel good about the country. I don't like writing about Mm -hmm. politics in this environment. So I sort of quit doing it. And now mostly I just write about movies or... Housewives. Housewives. (laughs) Sometimes I write about housewives. Um, Just whatever's going on fun in pop culture. Sometimes I do a little politics like... Did I write about something yesterday? Yeah, I wrote about politics yesterday, but. <laughs> I feel like I took a break after 2016. I had been politically active my entire life. I was um, an eight-year-old Republican because I thought that George H.W. Bush was Grandpa America. Mm-hmm. And I was obsessed with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, my parents didn't need to hire a babysitter when we were on vacation. I think it was, like, Disneyland. They literally put in, like, Total Recall or something, and I was done. Wow. I was, like, I was. Obs- I still have a strange <laughs> obsession with I've, I like love him. I don't know why. Um, but I started volunteering and as a progressive when I was little and um, 2016, I had to put it to bed. I've like just really was like, okay, and had some health stuff the year after. And I just felt like for self care, I had to kind of put that part of me aside because mm-hmm. I couldn't take it in it's like my body had reached capacity and I didn't even know that I was taking measurements but in 2016 I was like okay we've hit it right we've exceeded it I'm exhausted I'm exhausted and I have always been a Bravo super fan Bravo-holic and I realize now that I don't like talking about politics necessarily but they're inherent to housewives I have to ignore I have to I I, I ignore that part I it's, it's a little bit of intentional you know dissociation yeah. from it yeah because i know a lot of them are republicans right and you know, i just ignore it because I'll, I'll, for a lot of especially after 2016 it's like if you're a republican in the public eye then i don't consume your art anymore mm-hmm. i don't you know want to support your career mm-hmm. like if you know this musician is a republican i'm not buying their stuff anymore mm-hmm. i ignore all of it housewives is really the only exception where i just sort of like pretend it's not happening almost and it's like I'm just gonna pretend I don't know you're a Republican so I can still watch the show and enjoy myself well it's like a it's like an extra layer of escape so we sometimes escape the world by being so hyper focused and obsessed with these women's lives mm-hmm. and yet even inherently in their lives when they're talking about politics or they're saying something or they're uh, discussing a pro- an approach to an inherently political issue it's like sometimes you have to escape an acknowledgement of their belief because we're still so in, in entrenched in the house wife of re mm-hmm. wifery of it all. If that makes any sense. Yeah. It's like on one level, you're a real person, but also at this point in the housewives, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. they're not the show that they were in the beginning. Now they're right. playing caricatures of themselves. They yeah. self produce themselves. So it's like, Some of this is you're a real person and some of this is how is this going to play? And also, P.S., it's really unfair for me because I do place judgment on people. I place judgment on the way that Tamara used politics as a manipulation in her storyline. Or Mm -hmm. that's what I felt with what she was doing with Ryan and Spencer. And yet Kelly Dodd got herself into a whole bunch of shit with posting photos at 
um, a wedding that featured a talking head on Fox who has a lot of power that was, you know, attended by many people from the Trump administration. And then she went off in this whole it doesn't matter and it's not, you know, what people feel and we should all come together, bullshit, blah, blah, blah. And I was really angry. And yet for some reason with Kelly, because she's such a fucking cuckoo bird, <laughs> I am not as pissed at her as I am. At Tamra, which I know is incredibly well, hypocritical. I think part of it is like if you don't like someone, it's everything an they do is worse. Right. <laughs> like, if no, I, you're if right. I don't like you, everything you do will annoy me. And we've watched Tamra just be like blatantly manipulative for 12 years. Yeah. And so that thing with her sons is like this is so blatantly manipulative and you don't actually care about those two being friends at all at this point or you if you do you're TV. right and or if you do noting that her daughter didn't want her to talk about her their relationship on tv and she continued to like regardless of their estrangement as brothers she was still okay with that playing out noting that her situation with her older daughter has become even more complicated because she brought it up on right. the show it's like she herself acknowledges like first off this is di a difficult thing to discuss or kind of go through on the show because it involves politics so I'm not going to say my political affiliation I'm just going to let these two guys kind of like you know be there and have to suffer the consequences of being open in this incredibly difficult world in which we currently live because um, if there's anybody in the housewives universe that needs to be sheltered from having their political opinions out there it's ryan like he is like not totally together like he's i feel yeah. bad for him like he is mentally fragile he's been going he really is he's and, been severe depression right, severe or whatever depression. whatever the you know i don't want to diagnose him but and you know what happens when you episodes. come out as a trump supporter like yeah. i'm sure that there have been people in his comment sections and it places him even more in this victim mentality. It was like, oh, I didn't get this. I didn't get this. And now look at all these people being mean to me. But a lot I was of like, keep that off of television. He does not need to be having that. A lot of people supported him. Vicky tried to do so privately. And since she was fired, she's done so pu publicly. Steve Lodge, a lot of a lot of viewers. I mean, it's interesting. We live in this bubble in New York City, but a, the viewership is not especially as for progressive like you go yeah. into any of the comment sections like you know the reality tv things and you see the right. comment sections like oh wow that's definitely a MAGA person and <laughs> p.s i get a lot i've gotten a lot of messages from conservatives who listen to andy's girls who love housewives who've said like listen we're not you know we're not only what you say <laughs> like don't bash us on your show i want to <laughs> listen to you don't bash me on your they show. Always <laughs> rate me on iTunes too. They're the first people. Um, make America five stars again. Um, Do you edit these? Are we going to edit that out? No, we're going to keep that. Oh, we for better or worse, I keep everything that I say. Because this is a long not housewives conversation. <laughs> Welcome to Andy's Girls. <laughs> we'll get started any minute. Um, but my thing is like, there's a difference between political ideology universally and like this very very specific trump-esque time that we're living in so i have to separate the two like i don't want to just put everybody under the umbrella of conservatism which is something that i personally am not because there are never trumpers and there are also those people that exist on and off housewives and then there are the people that are super super fans of trump like emily simpson who says he's like the best thing since sliced bread <laughs> and so you know you just gotta for some reason we're able to 
we are able to separate the two, which maybe is like the common, maybe it's the the housewife unifier. Like sometimes it can tear <laughs> us apart, but when it tears us apart, it's not necessarily about politics. It's like, do you think Nini should still be on the show? You no, know, like I do not. Right, amen. <laughs> <laughs> but it is one of those things. It's like I I don't know any other franchise of something where so many politically ideologically different people can actually have a conversation about something aside from housewives right. yeah housewives which is like it <laughs> which actually maybe housewives is bringing our country together um sure. i'm here for it <laughs> i'm here for it and i'm here for you so we need to like dive into all things housewifery first off new york trailer happened i immediately i know how do you do you love it so here's okay so I'm so happy you're here. You're going to stay here forever. I'm so glad you just moved in. Um, so I immediately, luckily, I like had an appointment that I was going to get to. I had heard that it was going to be out that day at noon. And I was like, oh, shit, I like have to leave for this appointment. I'm like, should I somehow bill my soul for the $130 doctor's copay? <laughs> and just like wait it out. And then it came earlier. It was like, it, I think it happened around like 11, 1130. So I actually took out my recording equipment and decided to react to the trailer for the first time in real time for a Patreon episode okay. for the Andy Scrolls Patreon. I was like, let's do this. I've never done this before. I've never recorded a reaction. Did you have anything to say at all? Because I, I did not. <laughs> so it was interesting during it. I'm like, uh-huh. I got it. I got it. It's checking the box. Uh-huh. And then after still recording, you know, I had some specific reactions, which are on the Andy Scrolls Patreon. But what I have been concerned with since Bethany left suddenly mm-hmm. without notifying anyone <laughs> Was the fact that there is no Greek chorus, there's no unifier, there's no narrator. There are elements of narration that exist in these women when they are sober and not super pissed. But there's no Heather Thompson right now. There's no Carol, there's her first no couple Car- seasons. Carol was my favorite Greek chorus of all time. Of she, all her writer was fantastic. Yes. Her ghost <laughs> yeah, was Love her. Wonderful. Give me to that ghost writer. I mean, and Bethany, in, in many ways during some of her seasons, not all of them was a fantastic she was the most entertaining one to watch definitely of all time definitely best talking head of any show so I watched the trailer and I was like okay I feel like my worst fears are sort of coming to life in the sense that listen New York one of the best franchises of all time we can have a conversation about New York versus Potomac Mm -hmm. in my eyes but Potomac is only four-ish seasons in right now Potomac is better than New York when people say that no I agree with you but there are a lot a lot of people are you know they do their little rankings right they still put New York at the top and I'm like no what you are doing is that like Harvard legacy thing where and that's how stupid people get into Harvard because like oh your parents were here so and they were great and smart so you got in and you're a legacy person like no, no no just because New York was great they will never hit those heights ever again as a Harvard legacy. <laughs> no, not really. I, I understand it in the sense that New York just, what was this, the trailer for season 12? 12. It is easy for us to say that Potomac is A++ because it's had four A++ seasons because it has, they're operating mm-hmm. at a higher level than anybody else, but they are also only four seasons in. Like, let's see how Potomac's worst season, which we haven't had yet, ranks upon the worst of New York. I think that Potomac's will still be better, but I'm saying that they haven't had to deal with where are you guys 10 years later I don't know a franchise even like that has four solid seasons back to back the way Potomac has 
I agree with you. Too bad. But Potomac has started so many years into the Housewives that they they already know know what this show is. New York didn't know. New York was Manhattan moms. New York was the second Mm -hmm. friend. OC obviously was like, "What the fuck? These women have money and they have kids. Like, (laughs) let's give them a camera." Who's trying to murder each other? Like it's that's a different. It was they were they were the creators. They were the social experiment that you know birthed this empire. So Potomac is in a different position. Noting while I say this that there are other franchises, obviously Dallas, that started at the same time that have crashed and crashed burned and burn. instead of like you not even meeting up. them right. in anywhere near the same level. So I give. I think I give Potomac all due. I do have to say that I watched New York and I was like, okay, this is what I was thinking it would be and sort of fearing in the sense that we are going to have crazy moments. These women are going to be drunk and sloppy and really, really funny. But where is the thread? And I was un- I was surprised that Leah featured so much in the trailer. I don't know Leah from Adam. I don't know. I, I know the like married to mob clothing thing. I know the police um settlement that she had she didn't even like really i noticed her in the trailer but she didn't factor into the trailer to me i was just saddened by the trailer like i did uh, it's we're at this point when bethany was there we had comic relief for these drunken moments like Mm -hmm. bethany could narrate these drunken moments Mm -hmm. and you didn't have time to feel sad that these are three elderly alcoholics who cannot face their (laughs) drinking problem so now you don't have someone making you laugh about the alcohol you don't have there's no one making me laugh about dorinda slurring in every episode there's no one making me laugh about sonia falling over drunk there's no one making me laugh about you know luann taking a sip of vodka there's no one making me laugh about it so now i'm just faced with these older women with drinking problems where everybody's pretending they don't have a drinking problem. And also it's not even the making me laugh. It's like able to say, this is a really awkward moment that we're having. Like I think about this Luann thing where she's taking a sip of that vodka soda and the other women are like shocked. This is a really sensitive area because Luann said on camera, I'm an alcoholic. Now, if that was a part of her concession to the court or if that was something that she truly thought, like that is hers to own. If she wants to live a sober life or not, now that she's no longer on probation, that is completely up to her. But my concern is how this is going to be reflected on a television show like there are we've real seen substance abuse. We've seen Kim right. go through these things. I'm just like, it's, it wasn't fun when we watched her do it. You know, it's not going to be fun watching this happen. And they're confronting Dorinda again about her drinking problem. She's not going to, you know, make any concessions to it. But they're going to tell her again that she drinks too much. They're going to probably make Sonia cry and make Sonia, like, lie about, oh, I'm not drinking. I'm, it's my pills. It's my vitamins. It's like, it's just sad to watch. <laughs> like, like, they need a refresher or a reaction reality check and Bethany was that for me it was like oh I can talk this is my girlfriend talking to me about it it's like my girlfriend is my right. talking head talking well, we to me know about this it. is crazy right. right I mean and the other part of Bethany is that she had so many insane moments the Miami meltdown berserkshires mm-hmm. like there's a lot berkshires August County or whatever they call it like it's it's it was so 
it, she brought a lot. Like we saw the undoing of Bethany. We saw when Bethany kind of turned when she came back and had money. And so she could, you could make the argument that she was an uneven narrator, you know, because sometimes her perspective was a little bit skewed, but she was necessary and had such a strong last season that it felt like Bethany. She wants to go out on a high again. She wants to go out on a high and like that's, she, fine, that's fine. That's fine. But I'm, now I'm lonely. But now I'm lonely. <laughs> and like, who is going to walk me through this? Like, and also, so why are they turning against Dorinda for all intents and purposes? What I had heard was that this was going to be the undoing of Sonia. So and which is something that Ramona mentioned what on can, at BravoCon. What can we undo about Sonia at this point? That what it, is what are we? Undo- I know. Well, that she was gonna. It was gonna be an even darker season for, for her Sonya? yeah which Who i want Sonya to have a dark season nobody ever? nobody but it was discussed and alluded to ramona mentioned it at the new york or whatever it was the BravoCon panel like it it didn't make me excited or happy but i was confused when i saw the dorinda stuff because i was like not that it's surprising to me but the way these women had been discussing it in press or whatever else and even like the handling of Sonya's non-appearance at BravoCon, it felt like it felt like that was in like the viral video of her being a drunk sloppy mess right. and crying outside that mm-hmm. bar in Philly or wherever it was. It felt like this was going to be like a part of the show. So the fact that it's turned against Dorinda, who again, it's like all of these women struggle with all this shit. So right. it's like the fact that Sonia comes off as the one that's most unstable when you have like fucking Ramona Singer in the midst of it, who created her own wine company so that she would have easy access, access when filming wine. with Jill. Right. Like there it's it's an uneven argument right. because like the bar is already so high in terms right. of like just genuine daily intoxication. But it it just makes me nervous. I don't know why. It, it, because Sonia, to me, is deep down a genuinely sweet person. Yeah, she's broken. Yeah, and she's and super she's narcissistic, and, as is everybody yeah, else but in the like, show. I, let, I would want to protect Sonia, not yeah. undo her. Like, Maybe they're doing the Dorinda stuff because Dorinda can take it more, I she guess. she deserves it more. Like, Dorinda talks out of both sides of her mouth. I love Dorinda. Dorinda makes great television. I... I uh, very much think she is the best late addition to any cast, but Dorinda is not a, is not a fair person. You know, once Dorinda has in her mind that she is right, then she is right, and she will not hear any other arguments to counter that at all. And Dorinda can be nasty, and Dorinda can be mean, right? And so, if, like if, sharp and mean. So I would like somebody to. I mean, go toe-to-toe with Dorinda. Don't go toe-to-toe with the person who's yeah, a broken you're, no, canary. No, you're right. No, you're right. <laughs> um, I mean, it needs to be in some ways seen as a little bit of a fair fight. Otherwise, it just is like really awkward to watch. I got a um, satchel of gold from Nick in Maryland about Dorinda, which was sent to me before the trailer. So then I watched the trailer and I was like, holy fucking shit, shit, Nick might be a psychic. So anyway, (laughs) satchel of gold from Nick in Maryland who says, hi, Sarah, I'm a brand new AG listener just before the reckoning, reckoning of the Trace Amigas. I love the analysis of the fallout and I have so many thoughts, but I wanted to take a chance with this satchel for you in case this hasn't already been discussed, centered on Real Housewives of New York, specifically Dorinda. Am I the only one concerned Dorinda has strayed too far from how she started the show back in season seven? I remember those first couple of seasons, there was so much more of a narrative we cared about and paid attention to with her. It seems she's a little of a far cry from us watching her and Carol sitting on a hotel room bed in London, bonding and talking about what it was like being widowed 
And fast forward to now, where it seems like Dorinda's only concern now is getting in someone's face so she can say a phrase that she can later stick on a coffee mug or a decorative pillow to where it's boarding on somewhat of a novelty act. I say this with love because Dorinda has been one of my favorites of all time and do not want her to fall into the sellout trap. Thanks so much for listening. I think with Dorinda, Dorinda ran out of storylines. Um, and so now her storyline is just being Dorinda as opposed to, you know, dealing with her daughter or dealing with her relationship with John. Like the relationship with John is good now. And except they're broken up. Oh, they broke up. Well, ma- that might up? happen during the filming during okay. the filming. Yeah, they break up. Yeah. Um, but it was fine. You know, yeah. like w- there, there wasn't as much of that. And then she it was their version. Right, of fine. She didn't have that uh, relationship with Carol to center mm-hmm. her anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't have anything to do. She, she's not like building anything. You don't see her. Well, she she may have a dating life now. We'll see what happens. Yeah. That would be fun for Dorinda to see Dorinda like dating oh, just I to give her something it. to do. Because yeah. if you're a dating men, you have less time to be slurring at women. <laughs> so, there we go. Hey, <laughs> Ramona might may, may, counter maybe. that. But. <laughs> but I just don't think she has anything to do. And I don't think it's calculated on her part. I think Dorinda knows that she is the feistiest one in the group, mm-hmm. that she does have good one-liners, mm-hmm. and that people do love her. So it's like, okay, I don't have a storyline. I'll just make myself popular. Like, I I can be relevant. I'll be entertaining. Is it that Dorinda went from Dorinda Girardi to Dorinda Jane? <laughs> like, think about it. Like, Erica Girardi, which is who how she should be addressed, because we <laughs> cast her, and by we, I mean us, Bravo HQ, as Erica Girardi. Really? She wasn't Erica Jane? We she, didn't call I, her Erica Jane in Well, the she had a career as Erica Jane for many, many years before, but she was brought on the show as a housewife. Oh, as a wife and to then this she, rich old man. Because like, we oh. loved the Jane of it all, she just left Girardi on the side of the road and went full steam ahead into Jane, and I miss that other part of her. Well, I think it, I think those two, the comparison isn't unfounded, but it is a little bit different because with Dorinda, it's like, she doesn't have anything else to talk about other yeah, than she's being not big a Dorinda. Yeah. But Erica does have stuff to right. talk about and just doesn't want to. Right. It was like, you know, if we were going to be Erica Girardi, we point. would have to show the fact that <laughs> you have to prop up your husband kind of now because he is being sued by everybody under the sun mm-hmm. and you're the one bringing in the paychecks. Like, no, she, she can't do that not and uphold the Erica Jane part of it because mm-hmm. part of being Erica Jane is dependent upon there's this rich old man behind me funding everything who you didn't know whether or not he had read your book which was right. a memoir of your life because you said you hadn't asked him and features on the show when you're walking around the gardens of your which I'm saying in the most generous way possible of your mansion in wherever looking at pool tiles but so they it's don't like, but yeah. they don't always read the books I mean we just saw this week on Atlanta where Cynthia was like I didn't read Mike Hill's book but maybe I should now that I've met all these women <laughs> like, because Mike has written a tell-all sent her the manuscript and she said in her confessional was like well now I've found out that all of his friends are gorgeous women Maybe I should open that little email that says manuscript. She hadn't planned to read the book either. Can I say that while I feel so much unease, a little bit of unease about New York, even though I know we're going to enjoy it, it's just, it's concerning to us because especially after such a fantastic last season, Atlanta (laughs) 
second week in a row jersey this season so fucking strong they have like new jersey is the one that really surprised me i never expect atlanta to completely flop it may be less interesting but i think it's that, operating at such a yeah, higher and they're yeah. and they are generally just funnier people to watch no they're because they're because they're smarter right. and they're more um emotionally connected right I would and say. they're they're just entertaining to watch they have my favorite confessionals like consistently mm-hmm. like they they're just they have especially portia <laughs> like portia has really the surprise of all housewives like she came on between the way she came on and the way she is now i think is the biggest glow up of any housewife the biggest emotional trage- like the biggest evolution if you watch any she bra- is the greek tragedy of, like, but of like housewives. turn into like fucking right. like venus zeus right. whatever right. Like, i didn't really pay attention in Me greek either. class Not or whatever really. like, <laughs> is athena greek she's like- <laughs> She is our the thinker. Um, but if you look at any Bravo influencer, like the videos from BravoCon from the Atlanta panel, I was front row and you can hear me screaming when she was brought out in her, she, she was in a wheelchair and then because she hurt her like foot or whatever. And then is like, which nobody knew was going to happen. And then they like, carry her out of the wheelchair put on the couch and I cried because she deserves it she deserves to be carried everywhere she deserves to be carried everywhere she's also so iconic during the Atlanta panel I literally was crying because I was so happy because they were bringing me so much joy I think it was I we couldn't get to every panel during but it was my personal favorite in that like these women just when they talk it like brings me so much joy because they're just so like wonderful and I feel so much love for them and with whatever's going on with Dennis which IRL doesn't seem like they're together right now or it seems super complicated I just want Portia to be happy and the you ch- feel like it's like uh when Solange talks about the Atlanta housewife she's like it's like watching my aunts and I really <laughs> I really want the best for them. <laughs> like, but I that's, really... That's, that's what Solange says about the Housewives of oh, Atlanta. <laughs> so we're in very good company. Right. I really want... I want a seat at the table. Is something right. wrong with Hey. <laughs> I... I just want I just want her to be happy. I don't feel that about every Atlanta housewife. Mm-hmm. Like I I honestly don't care about Eva. I think that Eva is a worse version of Claudia Jordan, who was a one and done that deserved a second deserved season. Deserved a second season. And it, and it was the power right. of Lenithia, which right. she no longer has. Right. Um, but I look at I look at Portia, I look at Candy. 52 slash 52 and a half cent giving me something this season Kenya Keonce is back and life does twirl on with her she would deserve to be back she did they should have given her whatever the fuck she was asking for last season we missed a lot I I hated that she wasn't on last season I just you feel that like uh, favoritism because Mm -hmm. it's like oh you don't want Kenya on the show because she doesn't want to show this parts of her life but you beg Bethany to come back and she doesn't want to show the exact same things yeah that's a really good point it's so annoying the the way he does that because like because this is one of my favorites so i'm gonna let her not show whatever she wants and then kenya is basically saying the same thing it's like i just don't want to show this part did you watch kenya and watch what happens last night no i did not okay so i watched it i never watched the episodes when they air live Mm -hmm. um so i watched it this morning and um there was a moment when a viewer i don't remember if it was on the show or on the after show but a viewer called in and they were like can you speak to this is a terrible paraphrase I'm sure I got this wrong but it was like can you speak to the fact that Nini like Nini's Nini had a question and it was like why are you saying that I've been cut out of the show or something like that and Andy's response was and Kenny was like yeah because she isn't on half the episodes and Andy's response was like no we didn't cut her out of the show we're using everything she's giving us and he was saying it 
as a way to defend Nini and as a counter. But I watched it and I was like, doesn't that make it so much worse that you guys are using what you're saying is all of the material that she's given you and she hasn't been on what feels like the entire last month of episodes until last night. And yet you have Kenya here who's like the actual star of the show in the sense that she is a complete inherent shit stirrer who will sacrifice unapologetically who will sacrifice absolutely any friendship or relationship, but still be just human enough to make you not completely hate her. And you have her and you have Portia and whomever. And we're pretending that Nini remains a factor because why is it because Bravo doesn't want to be seen as making a decision or that they don't want to feel like they're being attacked and, and removing her as like some sort of punishment for her behavior. It makes no sense. I don't understand. I don't know. Maybe there's something about the fan base that they know that I don't know. But from what I see on the internet, no one would care if Nini's not there anymore. (laughs) Like, no one, like, I don't see a whole lot of people who are just like, oh, if Nini leaves the show, I won't watch it anymore. I think you can get rid of Nini and it will be fine. And didn't Nini get rid of Nini? Isn't that why she wasn't on a month of episodes? Yeah. Well, she. I think, didn't she sign her contract late? So she didn't start filming until after they did? Yeah, I think that's because right. She and I also. Get what she wanted. And then right. now she's been out of like a few different episodes or whatever just because they have they have nothing for her. I mean, allegedly, I think she had signed a three season contract, but I don't know the ins and outs of it. And I would also think, based on her behavior in the closet whenever last season, I would think that there might be some changes. And based on the way that the finale was edited, I feel like there might be some changes, but she's not doing herself any, any favors. favors. I don't know who's in her corner that's keeping her there because it's not Andy. You can tell from the reunions that Andy does not like her. <laughs> like, I, think, I think Andy likes Nini a lot more than he likes Kenya. Oh, that's probably true. But <laughs> like, he, he doesn't seem to die like, for Kenya. No, but, but I think he respects her game at least because yes. she's bringing so fucking much. Yeah, like she is a ratings grabber. Like Nini, everybody's tired of Nini. The whole fight with Cynthia, like no one was buying it last night. Everybody was tweeting the same thing. It was like Nini's gonna gaslight Cynthia, and then she's gonna cry and say, "Oh, I treated you like a sister. You really hurt me." And, like everybody knew what was coming. So here's my problem with that scene in that moment last night um, that, again, I watched this morning. So I interviewed Dr. Jeff several weeks ago, mm-hmm. who was Nini's therapist during mm-hmm. season whatever, six or seven. And when I had first watched that reunion cycle when they're all dressed in white and looking gorgeous and she walks off because like someone mentions a mother and she starts to completely unravel. The first time I saw that when that season was airing, I thought, I thought it was fake. I didn't believe her that she was having an actual meltdown. Then I rewatched that that um, reunion cycle and several of the episodes from that season to prep for the Dr. Jeff interview. And I watched it again and I was like, oh no, wait, maybe that was real. And then I watched the episode from last night. And the first time I watched it, I was like, this doesn't feel real. This feels fake. And the second time I watched it, or at least that moment, I watched it and I was like, you know what? I think this is real in the sense that when Nini is forced to feel emotional vulnerability, she cries. And I am similar. I, if, if I'm similar, probably closer to candy in that when I get really angry, Angry, I cry because 
anger re- can reveal sadness or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Cause it's like the opposite of anger or whatever, blah, blah, blah therapy. Uh, not with Dr. Jeff. <laughs> um, but like, I, I get it in the sense that sometimes my, my body's literal reaction to being forced to be vulnerable is literally to cry. Like in er- every therapy session, it's essentially become this like not joke, joke with my therapist. I just, I'm just crying, crying. Well, but, it, think- but it's not sadness. It's just vulnerability. So I'm watching Nini and it felt like to me, she forces people to meet her in a place of concession because she's crying, but she's still not able to take responsibility. Exactly. She makes, she doesn't know how to take accountability for her own actions. And that's the part that we're tired of basically. And she's just annoying at this point. (laughs) You were so much more fun. Like where is the Nini from season one and season two? She was so fun just to watch. And, now well, she became Nini. That's yeah. the difference. She's not she's, Nini no longer lives here. Right. And so it's like Nini no longer lives here anymore. So then, you know, there are moments where she can be entertaining, but she just seems so tired of being on the show. And but she doesn't have anything else to do. She doesn't have anything else to do. Because she tried and, you know, then she had to come back. And she's still in many ways understandably so I don't want to discount the value that she's brought to the brand, to the franchise, to the universe. But she's given a lot of power on the show. It seems like there are concessions made. And who knows why we weren't shown anything. It might have been liability reasons with the closet or whatever. But it does seem like there's a little bit of a bowing down, certainly in the dynamic with Marlo. And then we watch that scene with Cynthia and I'm like, oh, man, this is really unfair. I don't think that ne- when I rewatched it, I was like, you know what? Nini's not being manipulative I to me in that moment. I don't think she's being intentionally manipulative. Yes, I don't think but she's it is a manipulative there- behavior. Yes, because that's yes. just who she is as a right. person. And she is this narcissist who cannot take accountability for her actions. She is this person who needs minions, not friends. She is this kind of person who cannot stand to be stupid up too so her she and cynthia will never get back to the place that they were i mean cynthia's like 20 percent of the blame mm-hmm. you know she, yeah, she's yeah. not blameless in it mm-hmm. but they'll never get back to that space just because cynthia has too much of a public backbone now nini keeps alluding that cynthia has another side to her Which that we've bullshit. never seen i'm like okay so if she has this other side whatever whatever the part that you're mad about is who she is in public right now. The part that you're mad about is that she's standing up to you in public. Even if she had this secret side that you could deal with, you can't stand to be, you know, brought to heel in front of America. And P.S., just to back up Nene a little bit and counter... When Cynthia went on that press tour, which is what it was because she was really pissed as Candy was with how the editing was done in the season finale, which literally broke my brain. I literally I said to the um, producer of of Atlanta at this uh, Bravo event in the spring, I was like, I saved it on my phone. I took a video and a photo of the like little audio line to save it for historical posterity, like on my phone because it was such a crazy (laughs) moment. But Nini was understandably upset with the fact that Cynthia did go on a press tour. She did every single interview. She was very, very strong um, um, in what she was saying. And I thought it was because Cynthia wasn't going to be back. So I thought Cynthia was sort of understandably defending how she was shown on the finale. And I assumed it was because she wasn't going to have a place in the show. Then Cynthia's brought back. And it's like Nini saying that Cynthia went on this press tour. 
And she's not wrong. Right. Cynthia did go on many, many, did many, many seven. more interviews. Nene will say seven, seven. For she had seven interviews. I mean, she <laughs> and she it might have been eleven to be honest. Like it might have even been more than that. Like I don't discount that that happened because I watched it happen and I I was concerned. You watched conf- what happened? That all the in- <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I watched like the interviews as, and I was like, oh my God, something is weird here. It felt like she was right. Cynthia was riding too hard. But conversely, Nini has had this storyline of saying that Cynthia is like a deep down awful person right. or something, which I just don't see evidence of. I think she is a person who has layers and isn't perfect, but I don't think anyone is saying that she's perfect in the Bravo sphere. I think Nini is just in so much of a defense mode that she's like, you guys are coming so hard at me. She needs to paint Cynthia to be a villain. Right, which she doesn't. It's not going to work. It's Cynthia. Cynthia is like more boring than mean. Like, like, like if, if, if yeah. Cynthia has a flaw, it's just like, I don't want to watch you talk. Like that's right. not like that. She's just not a malicious person. Nobody can say that about Cynthia. Nobody would say that. I mean, all these women have been on this show with her for a very long time. Right. Who's fighting with Cynthia? I mean, it's not and, worth it. And, no, I'm just like, it. in all of these years, right. who has fought with Cynthia? Don't you think that Kenya would be taking every possible moment to bury her if she thought that there was somebody that was coming off as two-faced? Don't you think that would be, that Kenya would be riding hard? I mean, and that Kenya, does not make any sense to Kenya me. Kenya takes the time to apologize to Cynthia when Cynthia gets upset. Like, if Cynthia was a bad person, Kenya would not care about, you know, saying like, I am sorry for what I did. I'm sorry I threw you under the bus like she said that to Cynthia she wouldn't say that to like, that's crazy Cynthia is I mean Kenya is not an apologizer she does not take responsibility for stuff the fact that she does with Cynthia I mean Cynthia is a-okay what do you think about this whole cookie lady thing oh she's ugh, trash did you see her mugshot <laughs> like, like, like fraud was she arrested for making just cookies that were too delicious according to Eva <laughs> That wasn't Eva's fault. That's the baby eating cookies. <laughs> but I, oh my God, that that whole thing is so annoying. It's so annoying because, because it's so produced. No, but it's just so like, manufactured. Why are we being so mean to that nice Canadian lady? <laughs> <laughs> She is literally the happiest person on television. You know what? I did not like Tanya when she came on because one of the, I, I like the franchises for different reasons. One of the reasons I really love Atlanta because they are all black and I don't have to worry about some happy-go-lucky white woman. Mm-hmm. And then here comes Tanya. <laughs> like, she is the happiest black woman I've ever seen in my entire life. And I thought it was forced. I thought she was trying too hard. I was like, that's why you're not getting a peach because you're trying too hard to get one. And now I'm like, oh my God, please give her a peach. Like She is just a delightful human who wants the best for everyone. It's that Canadian healthcare. It's that. Tanya threw the first wig at Stonewall. (laughs) 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 Like that whole, I mean, I get, I do understand Kenya's point in that Kenya just takes everything and magnifies it because she's producing her television show. But I do understand where Kenya is coming from, but I also understand how Tanya got to that place. And I feel like neither, nobody is moderating that fight the way they need to be moderating that fight. Don't you think, okay, so Andy, like, was shady, of course, and, like, obviously brought this up as you legally would have to when in when, when in um, Kenya's presence at this point with what's going on this season, but 
she Kenya has gone on what she has done this whole like putting aside that you can't come for me for my business when she did that whole like marching right. parade at Marlo's party but she does say over and over and over and over this is my natural hair now I don't think that she should she can do whatever the fuck she wants but we can't pretend that she hasn't done that and been like pull my hair and done this at several shows on several shows and whatever and on the show and what Tanya did was incredibly shady and what Kenya said on Watch What Happens was you don't bring a knife to a gunfight which is like you can come for me but but I'm gonna murder murder you you. (laughs) and so she was right in that sense but I also felt like well I mean like the premise of this is you do say this all the time Tanya did bring this to filming in order to like make fun of you and be shady but it's that, that wasn't her can't. intention. I don't. You think, don't think it? No, because she brought no, the wig. No, 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 no. Okay. Let, me, let me tell you. All right, the, tell me what's the up. The timeline of what happened. Okay, tell so, me. So you know, Kenya tells Tanya, "Oh, please go get my wig." So Tanya goes to get the wig, and she's going to give it to Candy. She left it in the car. The reason she brought it out of the car, I think she had every intention of just giving it to Candy in the parking lot. I was like, oh, here's Kenya's wig, da, da, da. But when they started talking about that conversation and the cookie lady thing, and it came back up, and then she realized, like, oh, Kenya was trying to be shady. Like, she is trying to stir up some mess, and I'm annoyed with this woman. And so now I have this dirt in my car. I think it was a spur-of-the-moment decision. It's like, I have this dirt in my car. I'm going to go and take it and bring it in front of everybody instead of just giving it to Candy in the parking lot. Because if she had intended to do it from the beginning, she would have brought the wig in from the beginning. She had to get up and go outside to go get it. I think you're giving her a lot of credit, but just... Because she's so nice. Like, she is not a malicious person like this. She is not a malicious person at all. I honestly... You could be entirely correct. I just think that she thought like, oh, I'm going to be shady now. Like, this is my opportunity. Like, I, has a- and I think so, too, but not from the beginning. I think she's okay. like, oh, OK, so this is my time to throw a little shade because it's coming at me. I don't think she thought that from the beginning because I don't think she would want to be shady to Kenya. Kenya yeah. hadn't done anything to her. <laughs> like, like, I think once that was planted, it was like, oh, my gosh, this is like my moment. I can have a moment where I can be like these other women. And then she decided to do it. And she just picked the wrong target. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, she couldn't have picked a like, worse person. Right. Go after Eva, girl. <laughs> Don't go after Kenya. Please go after Eva. I mean, not now because she's, you know, having a premature baby. But like, go after Eva before. Go after Cynthia. What is Cynthia going to do? Like, don't go after Kenya. You. She went after the 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 most dangerous person on the show <laughs> because now it's never going to die. Like Tanya and Kenya will never get along now because of this. Which, frankly, is probably the best thing to happen to Tanya. Right, because then maybe she now maybe she because it's not we don't give it to like best personality (laughs) when like your personality is that you're so nice and you smile a lot. Like look at me, I know you are glowing. You are glowing. I love her little spirit. I (laughs) I do. She is the sister and the golden retriever that I never had. (laughs) She is so happy. I truly think that she built that hibachi room just for filming that one night. I truly do not think or understand why anyone would decide to have a Benihana in their basement. And I really, because there was no filter, not filtration, whatever it's called. I really, truly think that she wants to, I mean, maybe she was she prepared did. to like Jennifer built a whole house. Okay. She can build a hibachi room. Maybe, maybe they told her your house isn't grand enough. You need something extra. I'll build a hibachi room. <laughs> Maybe that was her thing, and she missed. <laughs> and they still was like, okay, we still can't hire you, honey. Do you think that Nini and Cynthia are in a place where this will be like a temporary to permanent understanding agreement? Or do you think this was just like a nice scene? 
No, I think they are at like a flat. You know, okay. like I don't think they will be throwing shit at each other. I think they are flat. Like, let's just move on, coexist, and see what happens. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Because I think they're just tired of it. Nene looks like she's tired of fighting. Cynthia looks like she's tired of fighting. So, Do you think Nene will be on next season? Um, I guess I'll have to wait to see how the rest of this one plays out. If she can get back in with the girls and make it feel like she has organic relationships with some of these women, then maybe can she... You know Nene has fallen on hard times when the only person she's talking to is Candy. Yeah, that's a good like point. when she went to lunch with Candy. Mm-hmm. Even Candy was like, <laughs> "Why am I here?" Right, Candy. <laughs> like Candy has my favorite. Candy is so funny to me because she's not funny and she laughs at everything she says. Please, have you noticed that yet? Because my roommate and I, whenever we watch, we laugh out loud at Candy every single time because Drink she will, game. she says the most boring things and then. <laughs> Every time. I love her every time. so much. Every time because she's, she is so delighted with herself. She's one of the best people to be on Housewives Pay ever. attention to it. I, you can't unhear it <laughs> Pay now. attention, Pay please. Pay attention. Drink every time Candy laughs. You oh, will my be, God. Pat, you will be Sonia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can I ask you another question about Atlanta? Yes, I love Atlanta. So can we talk a little bit about the timing of this like weird LinkedIn slash jungle luncheon situation um, that they were told on the um, uh, paperless post two o'clock location TVD, and then Nini rolls in at like hardcore four thirty. But with- where were everyone else? Did they come with her, or were they just in a side room waiting oh, like for her their friends? entrance? Yeah, because when they, she got they there, they had drinks. Yeah, so I'm like, they just weren't allowed to film with the other girls until Nini got there to introduce them. Did they know that they were separating this little ghetto off to the side <laughs> by themselves? So here's what I started thinking. I wonder if. The women who are a part of the cast and filming were told two o'clock and production knew that Nini and this was like some sort of agreement that they came to that these other random friends of Nini's would show up at 430. So the maybe the goal was to have the women as their core in their core unit filming like as a cast from two to four, two to four thirty. Mm-hmm. And then these other women would surround where it was like a cocktail party. But the first part of the cocktail party is the actual cast. And then there's everybody else joining in later. And what Nini decided was, I'll fuck y'all, I'm not going to show up with the regular normal cast. I'm going to show up with everybody else, which is why Kenya especially showed up, saw that Nini wasn't there, probably understood that whether or not she knew about other people coming mm-hmm. and it seems like the cast n- didn't necessarily no. know that she was like I'm not gonna this isn't gonna be you are hosting this event you're doing this on purpose as a power move that you don't want to <laughs> film with just like, us you don't and have I'm, power over me you so. don't have power over me and I'm gonna leave and I think she was completely right to go I mean it was insane Nini showed up a full two hours plus after the and then start. was annoyed that Portia came in 25 minutes after that it was like how are you why are you late to my event I was like you just you just showed up f- 14 seconds ago. Right. Candy has been there for hours. Yes. The first, a baby was born. In, right, <laughs> in the time. Candy is just always early. She's just always sitting there waiting on her food. Because <laughs> like, Candy was there ready to eat. Because this is a business, like, Candy. Like she's, she's like, hungry. this is an employment opportunity. <laughs> right. Like, I show up to work. <laughs> Thank you. The Candy Coated Factory Reliable. has and business of course, Tanya hours. Got, Tanya's still in the application phase. She's going to be early to all her interviews. <laughs> Bringing her resume every time. Oh my god! So, so you have like your number one employee, special and your, skills. Yeah. I smile. <laughs> right. That's and that's what that's what they were there for to do their jobs. Wow. 
And then you have like the person who's been at the company for 12 years is kind of like, eh, whatever, they're not going to fire me. You know, it's like that person yeah. in the office who can still do the job, but there are other people who want to do it better, mm-hmm. but they still have this relationship with the boss. The boss doesn't have, I'm, I'm going back to my own thing because I just got fired in May. <laughs> Oh, no. Well, not just now. It's been like almost a year. But it was one of those situations where I was bringing in the most money to the company Mm -hmm. and they let go 16 people because they said sales were down. I was like, okay, well, fire the people who aren't making any money. But they let go of the last 16 people they hired instead of having conversations with people who have been there 20 years and weren't making them any money. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I was like, Nini is not making you any money. and She's been there 20 years. (laughs) Like, so please let her go and hire Tanya, who put a hibachi in her home. And you know what? I wouldn't agree with the bringing Tanya on full time, except that because She's of this whole thing with full-time Tanya, right now. Well, she, do you think that Marlo should get a peach too? Do you think that they both should get a peach? I think I think Marlo has deserved a peach for right. years, but I think she can't get a peach the same way Danielle could never get a peach. Right. It's like they, are, it's too volatile. It's mm-hmm. like what in your past may show up. It's mm-hmm. like you got too many mugshots. You yeah, got too much history. It's too it's just, dark. It's, it's too, too complicated. Right. right. And it's like, you know, what? it's it's just be a friend of like you can be in that role. You get a little check. You get to go on vacation. You get to be on TV. You get to build a brand and a mm-hmm. fan base and make your, you know, speaking engagement deals. But I cannot give you a peach because you are a criminal. <laughs> Do you think that that has changed with Marlo now because this whole stuff with her, like with her nephews, nephews and, I think and it the just business gives her stuff? A more human angle. And I think that they did that on per- on purpose, mm-hmm. not to groom her for a peach but just to show you know marlo has fans and it was like well let's show more of marlo's life because people really like marlo they want to know what's going on with marlo so even though she doesn't get a uh, peach it's like it doesn't hurt you to show more of marlo's life there are people who are more invested in marlo than they are in eva so it doesn't hurt to show more of her life i don't mm-hmm. think it's on the way to giving her a peach i think it's just showing here's a person who's been on the show forever so let's show their life too i could see her i mean if you asked me this a couple seasons ago i'd be like absolutely not i could see her getting a peach next season and i actually am not against it i'm for it i'm she's I'm doing her work her. she, she should get the, fucking paid for she's her work in everybody's fights she's moderating right. she's putting Nini's she's bun throwing back events up. Like, right <laughs> <laughs> that's a girl that you she's want she's glam the show. she is she's glam <laughs> yeah she's throwing events and people are coming to her events so it's great. And, you know, I think you're a very powerful friend when you can be a friend and have like scenes and conversations with another friend. Like whenever Marlo and Shamia are talking to each other, mm-hmm. I'm like, neither one of these are housewives. You don't see that on any other franchise. <laughs> it's like neither one of it's these true. are housewives, but they have been around this for so long that you can actually have moments in the show where just the two of them are having a conversation with each other. I'm like, that's great. I'm like, good job, girls. <laughs> Beverly Hills' version is just going to be Camille talking in a mirror. Ugh. They don't have a second person, <laughs> but they also don't have half oh, a cast. Oh, Camille. Camille is just convinced that she is carrying this show, honey. Isn't she? <laughs> But not for any good reasons. Well, it's for just because la- for everyone six else bad is ones. so boring. It's like nobody wants to show their life. And it's like, ugh, I'm, we, we're not going to do Beverly Hills. I just, I'm just so annoyed with Beverly Hills. They just annoy me so much, so much, because they used to be my favorites. And then they are all too concerned about not being real on the housewives yeah <laughs> so. maintaining an alliance and it's the worst use of an alliance maybe of all time i to see what garcelle will bring 
mm-hmm. because she has been, you know, famous to me my entire life. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, what's Garcelle going to bring to the show? Maybe could be a little interesting. Something I thought was announced as a full time housewife, but based on the press picks and everything that they've been distributing, she doesn't factor anywhere. So I don't know if she's actually. Sutton? Yeah, a friend of, or I thought she was going to be full time, but now I'm getting like a weird sense that maybe she's not. Maybe she flopped during filming. I thought it was maybe similar to what happened with Jen Gilbert, where Jen Gilbert, I remember during the filming of whatever season that was in New York, mm-hmm. that she, I thought she was announced as a full time, and then the season happened, and it was like she was barely a friend of. She was essentially a cameo plus. Like mm. I don't, I don't know if that's, I don't think that's what's happening with Sutton. I think Sutton will factor in more, but I think that has less to do with Sutton being great, which she absolutely could be, and more to do with the fact that that show is a fucking like wasteland right now, and I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen, and I am very concerned that we haven't seen the trailer andy tweeted the other day that we're not going to have it for another month yeah like I, a month in some which like, is insane it makes why, me th- is it supposed to come out it should have already happened really yeah it's late as okay. is and i don't pay attention to two things I, I truly don't pay attention to ratings and i don't pay attention to production schedules so when people are like oh it's almost like potomac season i'm like it is like i don't oh, remember I pay attention what- because i'm like ooh. <laughs> It's one of those weird blind spots for me where I always forget what month and what season the shows air and not film because I'm following that, but what what seasons and and months the shows air. But I see I schedule like my days off like I have to change my availability schedules at my part time job based on what housewife is coming on. So I won't be at work. Oh, (laughs) I love that. Oh, wait, it's Potomac season. Okay, fill out a new (laughs) availability. What day is going to air this year? Okay. Who's your favorite housewife? Who's the housewife? Not necessarily that's great at best at their job, but who's the housewife that you just genuinely love? Of any franchise. Candy. Okay. Like, it's not even a close contest. Like Of any franchise, Candy is your OG. Of any franchise of all time, like, Candy is my favorite. I think she is, you know, uh, all of the OGs. Well, before Vicky got fired, I had <laughs> I've been on Twitter talking about like the OGs and all this kind of stuff and how people feel like they're on the bubble. Like Ramona feels like she's on the bubble. Like mm-hmm. she could get fired, she may stay. Vicky, you know, what happened with her? Tamra, um, who else? Teresa's the only one that's never on a bubble, but that's because the show is based on her. Yeah, it's built around her. Atlanta's not based on Candy, but she's never on the bubble. Like there's never any whisper that Candy's contract won't be renewed, that she won't be coming back. And it's not because the show is built around her. It's just like she is a a solid person. She's Mm -hmm. stable. She is reliable. Mm -hmm. She is genuinely a good person. Mm -hmm. And what I like about Candy, they say the people who don't like her for some reason say things like, oh, why does she, you know, go tell this person this and go tell this person this. I'm like, Candy's not stupid. She sees the cameras. It's all recorded. So why would you wait to talk about it on the reunion when I could just go tell the conversation now? Why do I have to wait for this woman to see it to then talk about it when I can just go tell it now and it could be in the show? <laughs> like, like we can get this three months earlier as part of the show instead of waiting for the reunion. So yeah, kid, it was like the camera was right there. I'm just going to go tell her. <laughs> like it's not a secret if it's recorded. It's not gossip if there's a camera. <laughs> so. Who is the housewife? I completely agree. This is magical. <laughs> this is one of my most favorite recording experiences. Ridiculous. 147 episodes. Um, who is the housewife that that you're like? Oh, you're a stupid cunt. Like who's like Teresa? Oh, <gasps> really? I hate Teresa. I think Teresa's the dumbest person that's ever been cast on Housewives. Well, dumb is different from yeah. like awful though no like like no. Ha- like blind hatred who do you have blind hatred for teresa. teresa and it's because teresa is a bad person who is also dumb like if you're a bad person who's smart you can either you 
You can defend your terrible positions. Mm -hmm. You can have a logical argument with Mm -hmm. someone. Even if I don't agree with you, You I can talk to you. I can understand Mm -hmm. where you're coming from, even if I disagree with that place you're coming from. I never understand where the fuck Teresa's coming from because she's stupid. Like, she can't hold information. Is she going to shoot me? How how wide does this podcast go? (laughs) She doesn't know what podcasts are. She's too busy, like, singing to Dua Lipa or whatever the fuck in her car. It's insane to me that she is this unintelligent with great people around her like joe joe gorga is a smart man and her kids are wonderful yeah she is the best person to ever come out of housewives she is the best housewife of all time and she's a minor child brianna than gia to me oh true 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 true. i I put brianna is actually she's had more time if she's older and gia still has some time she's just getting out of high school both of gia's parents have been to camp in a federal they've camp been facility. Away. They've been away. And Brianna has probably survived more. Right. <laughs> right. Still. <laughs> so, but Teresa, it's like whenever Teresa is arguing with someone, she doesn't have a position. Teresa has the position of the last person she talked to that made the best argument. Mm-hmm. And that's all she can hold in her head until somebody comes along that makes a better, better argument to her. I have... I hate watching Teresa. <laughs> the show doesn't work without her, but I hate watching her talk to people. So I totally agree with you and agreed with you. So who's your blind hatred then? So, oh, Danielle stopped for days, for years, oh, for she's centuries. Not a mm. Oh, are we talking about like of all time? Well, according okay. to how Watch What Happens Live produces their shows and gave her a grand send off, maybe she is. Maybe she's the worst kind. <laughs> um, except that the last. Like she during Strippergate and and whatever, I was triggered. I was very, 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 very angry. I was very angry with blubber, blubber, blubber to Caroline Manzo. I was very angry with her behavior to her cousins. I was just very, 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 very pissed. Pause on this, Caroline Manzo. Do we know how much they got paid for that commercial that they did? For the two seconds of right. hummus is great. Right. Let's flip a table. Were they I don't in the know, same but room was it green screen? Like- they were in the same room. She talked about it, or or Albie talked about it on his pod, and like they got along. It was awkward at first, then they settled in, and then Teresa want to watch what happens, and somebody's like, "Would you ever be okay with her coming back? Are you guys friends?" And she was immediately like, "Absolutely not!" Like okay. completely. Okay, so but they so made bad. it. They got a yeah, check. Okay. Yeah, yeah, just, but they got a check. They got paid. Yeah, just which checking. I mean, they know what side their bread is buttered. Right. Um, so. Their bread is sabred, but okay. <laughs> um, SpawnCon, um, hit me up. Um, so I agreed with you, and there have been many moments where I'm like, Teresa is awful, horrible, 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 which frankly to me has nothing to do with the prison stuff and everything to do with what she did to her sister-in-law. Do you think and she's more real now because she's admitting that Joe cheated on her? So here's is the problem for me is that I'm watching her. I rewatched Jersey this morning, or last night rather, Honestly, I'm going to keep it a thousand with you. I watch her and aside from her confessionals where someone is feeding her feelings and she's like, wait a second, I seemed really cool and normal in the moment, but actually I think I was upset about what Melissa or Joe said or whatever. In the moment when I'm like watching her face, she seems more empathetic. She seems like she's listening to people. She seems connected the fact that she's speaking openly about her husband fucking somebody 15 years ago is like for her and her journey becoming emotionally mature or connected or honest is huge for her it is literally nothing for anyone else out of any franchise of all time maybe she'll grow on me 
but it's weird to me because I like never expected it. And I had such vitriol and anger for her at like those peak moments, um, you know, like three, four, like during that time, I was very, very, very angry and very staunchly on the side of Caroline Melissa. And the fact that I'm at a point where it's like, even in the moment, it seems like she can, she can take a joke. She can, she can take it when Melissa says something, which would have been an entire season of her fighting back. And now it's just like, she smiles and moves on and something is happening in filming regardless of whatever alliance she has with Danielle and her strange blind devotion, because I think she thinks that's how she's maintaining her tone for ruining Danielle's life or whatever. I think it rises above that. I think it's like, I don't know if production was like, hey, Danielle's going to make a cameo. Remember your friend Danielle? And it's like, hint, hint. I don't know how much of that is her supporting Danielle because she's a fucking moron. And that might be a huge feature versus like her feeling like that is the the role that she is supposed to play. But she knows that no matter what, she's not going to come for her brother and sister-in-law as heavily and personally as she did previously. But I just I'm watching her in scenes. And for whatever reason, I'm like watching her. I'm like, I'm like kind of proud of her a little bit. So I understand what you're saying because I did hate her. I can't hate someone for 11 years and then make a turnaround in two episodes. And yet that's kind of what I'm doing. Mm -mm. Or maybe the course of the season, like watching her run around when fucking Gia, Judice, Judice, Judice is like getting herself ready for prom. And it's so sweet. And even though I was actually kind of angry when I first saw the Insta photos, because I felt like, oh my God, they're using the kids prom experience as a reason to come up with plot on this show. But in the moment, it felt organic. It felt like two Italian families trying to like arrange a marriage. Right. And their kids aren't seriously dating anybody else. So why don't they go together? together, See what happens. It felt very sweet. Watching grandpa cry. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh my God, adorable. The, the sad flashback to her junior prom or whatever the fuck they were talking about. Yeah, her eighth grade prom or whatever. Which isn't a thing, but okay. It wasn't where you're from? I had a semi-formal, but oh, I had a junior prom. prom. I had a junior prom when I was a junior and then senior prom when I was a senior, which is the same thing, except you're a junior right. and you're a senior, but you're in the same fucking place. And yeah, we had eighth grade we had prom. Se- I, had a, I had eighth grade semi-formal. Oh. I didn't have... Shout out to Peter Senchenko, who I think I asked. And then junior and senior prom um, gave us friend, gave us friend. Oh, I didn't I didn't go to eighth grade prom, but there was one that happened. I just didn't go. I went to prom when I was in boarding school. Oh, oh, my God. So I had my little boarding school prom moment. Hello. (laughs) With Abby Rose Brock. Hi, Abby. Hey, Abby. <laughs> hey, Peter and Abby. What's yeah. up? She lives in New York now, too. So oh, that's so nice. <laughs> yeah. um, that'll be the Patreon episode of us calling Abby. <laughs> Abby, tell us stories. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I can't explain it, except I feel a warmth for her that I haven't felt in a very, very long time, if ever, since, like, honestly, like, season one. And I, I just, I honestly, I can't explain it. I just feel something for her. It, it I get annoyed when I see her confessionals because it's like, it feels like she's like, oh, six months later, I felt a certain way, but it's so obvious that in the moment, it doesn't seem like she did where that becomes really manufactured. But I honestly don't even begrudge her that. I feel like that's more production being like, hey, remember that moment when right. somebody said something and she's like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> because... She definitely forgot about that. Because she definitely <laughs> right, wasn't like, paying attention. Right, like, like, yes, because there's nothing there. <laughs> I love, I also, like, I wasn't, as you said earlier, I was not expecting to love for Jersey to have this renaissance as it did starting I last did season until now. It's been a surprise, Jennifer but I love it. Jennifer has 
quickly moved up to like almost top tier yeah. housewife level. Unbelievable. That woman, first of all, she's got like the family, which mm-hmm. is great. If, if, if you can bring like a family storyline and it's great to watch and like, it's real, and it's real. I'm like, okay, so that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and then she also has like the relationship with the husband, I think is important for a uh, housewife to be top tier. Mm-hmm. And her husband is on the show mm-hmm. and they are, weirdly fun to watch yeah together. they are right it's like awkward but like weirdly yes, fun it to is watch. weirdly fun i don't get it i sh- i didn't like them at first but right. now i like their little arranged marriage yes. and it's like okay this is kind of fun yeah, yeah, yeah. and then her terrible children who mm-hmm. are spoiled brats minus which, gabby minus queen gabby, gabby queen gabby be, queen gabby but like her bratty children who had to mm-hmm. be like picked up from the from jackie's kids <laughs> birthday party. Like, i don't want to be here anymore but wanna, like physically caring because right, they didn't feel like right, walking. Like, i don't want to be here anymore they portion <laughs> Williams dead out of the- <laughs> I was like I need to be carried and but her interactions with the women I rarely am on her side but I love watching her because she will turn like a tiny something into a full-blown fight and it doesn't feel manufactured it doesn't feel like she's doing it on purpose and I know she must be because she's been watching the show for so long and trying to get on it for so long so you know she's like oh I'm I know how to do this <laughs> and she knows people's triggers right the because she's been she watching it so long triggering margaret by saying your bankruptcy doesn't matter because you have a husband p.s she is the primary breadwinner right. for her ramp family so exactly. she actually entirely her living room wasn't finished and her husband is a contractor <laughs> right. the woman understands what it means to carry exactly. like the weight and lift of that household to be like you don't get it because you don't have kids to support wink wink we know that she has like an estranged sitch with her right. stepkids from mm-hmm. her prior so like that's yeah. fascinating that's like a trigger upon a trigger Lo- impeccable tier. chef's top kiss tier. moment that's going to carry over because right. i watched the 25 minute or no no i think this week it was only like nine minutes there i love an after show i mm-hmm. love when they do after shows so they have them uh long ones for atlanta sometimes long ones for jersey and they re- reference the fact that like the rest of that night is going to be crazy on this week's after show like shit's going to hit the fan because margaret is obviously really Upset. fucking pissed and that's a real moment i'm so shocked by jennifer because um, Jackie made New Jersey watchable again for me just mm-hmm. because I needed somebody to go after Teresa. Yeah. So she made it watchable for me. I didn't really care for Jennifer, but Jennifer is like the star of the season. <laughs> like props to her because she is, she's like, you know what? I finally got on the show and I'm going to stay on the show. Like that's that seems to be like my, what I think from her is like, I finally got on the show. I'm going to make sure I stay here. And not it, but it doesn't feel forced and calculated. It was like, I'm just going to make great television because that's what you came here to see. (laughs) I feel like I want to go through ranking with you. I may be on the the housewives. Yeah. Would you do on the Patreon on the after show? Can we do a ranking? A ranking of like our favorite franchises or maybe of all time of our favorite housewife franchises. Okay, that's fine. We can do that. I feel like <laughs> because Evan Ross Katz just did it and that's what a, a friend of the show Evan Ross Katz yeah, and that's I what erupted cuz I disagreed and with I was like New York. No, let me let me change that. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. Yeah, we need to do that because I also haven't thought about it and if I have talked about it in the show is a long time ago and I also think that there's such a difference between franchise like an individual franchise as a whole versus having a really shitty run like mm-hmm. Beverly Hills how do you think of, we need to talk about this because okay. like Beverly Hills like how do you look at it? it had one of the worst seasons of any franchise of all time last season but it also has had the best key moments Ugh. I mean and when we they talk about real shit one for a while understandably you know, one of the reason they were number one is because they oh, I guess we shouldn't we're gonna talk about it we're gonna talk about it, we're gonna talk about it. <laughs> this was uh, 
<laughs> this was very random, you guys. If, if this is your the- first podcast <laughs> from AG, listen to some others. <laughs> They talk about housewives way earlier, I promise you. <laughs> this was really great. So we were connected through OG of the AG, Damien Bellino. I'm going to text him after this. This was, I Who really. I have not really actually met. Just Are you clear. guys internet friends? We are internet friends. And then. Um, www.bff.com. We, we had some uh, mutual friends in common because I had a best friend who worked at VH1. Oh, yeah. And so we ended up in some like clip videos together. Oh. So I've seen some videos where we have been in the same video, just not filming at the same time. <laughs> so, oh, my God. I love that. So, but we're supposed to meet this week. We're supposed to. You and uh, Damien? Yeah, we decided we're going to hang out on Wednesday, I think. Does he know that you were recording today? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess not. <laughs> well, hey, Damien. What up, OG? What up, OG? You're listening. <laughs> Tell the folks um, how to follow you online. Okay, so. Um, and read your writing. So, so let's talk about.com is my website. I am also so let's talk about on Facebook and it's really fun. The people who follow me on Facebook really make it enjoyable because they go in the comments and read each other. <laughs> so oh, that's it's sweet. Great. And I ban people all the time. So yes. it's a really safe space. Oh my there. god, I love a safe so space. So go play on my <laughs> go play in my Facebook <laughs> comments. And then on Twitter I am Rafi D'Angelo. And your Twitter is like A plus plus. Um it is a plus plus. Oh, I'm telling you that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm I not was, asking like, you. Uh, I'm telling you. Like, like most I'm yelling at you like, on the people's people's couch. It's not really housewife center. Most of the time, I'm like yelling at white people to act better. <laughs> but, Maybe I just love that. Maybe that's just like for it's me. Like, it's like a little southern grandma like telling me, like, oh, "Do God. this instead." We all. <laughs> We all need one, so I appreciate your help with that. Um, guys, and how do people follow you on IG? Are you on IG? Oh, Rafi D'Angelo on IG. IG. You can actually search Rafi D'Angelo anywhere on the internet and everything will come up. Oh, that's nice. Because when I was writing, I wanted to have consistent branding so you yes. can search on any platform and it would be the same. So I just took my name on everything. Oh, that's so smart. <laughs> I'm having a weirdness with Instagram to get back because I think I actually had sarah galley on instagram and then i don't remember what email i used and then i switched it to dame galley which i have now and now someone some like random took it someone took it but it's like a random company that doesn't have any followers so i don't know how to get it back Mm. um stay tuned for more um guys a couple quick announcements this coming wednesday february 19th ish i am going to be narrating a crazy crazy um housewife reading of Scary Island, Wednesday night, a club coming. Tickets are, I think, $10, and a portion of the proceeds goes to charity. Crazy, crazy performers, uh, friend of the show, Ryan Houlihan, Larry Owens, um, tons of amazing, Z-Way, like tons of amazing, um, Pat Regan, tons of crazy, amazing people. I'm so excited to narrate. Um, I want to see AGs there. Um, come say hi, introduce yourself. I know people have been asking for another New York City Kiki, and this is your very first opportunity for 2020. So definitely get your tickets. I'm so excited. Genuinely counting down the minutes. We did a little rehearsal yesterday and it was fucking amazing. So that's this Wednesday at Club Coming. And P.S. I started an Andy's Girls Patreon two weeks ago because people have been asking about it forever. And I was like, I just don't know if I have it in me to because it's like it's a lot of work to do. A Patreon is like extra bonus episodes and stuff. And I am fucking loving every goddamn second of it. Aww. I feel like it opens up. I can talk about random shit. I could do the um, New York, um reacting in live time to the New York trailer in live time and then post it. So it was literally posted as a special episode, like literally 15 minutes after the episode came out. 
it's just I fucking love it. Like I'm so excited to rank Housewives uh, franchises with you, and maybe Yay. individual people. <laughs> like I and guys, you know, Andy Scrolls. We're episode 147. It's a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of love, and also some money. And the single best way to support the pod is to sign up for an EG Patreon. It's like you get a little extra bonus, a gift, which are these bonus episodes. Um, $2, you're a fan of the show, Love and Kisses. $5, you get two bonus episodes a month. $10, you get four bonus episodes a month. And it's honestly, you know, you get all this extra bonus exclusive content. So kudos to you. But it's also the number one best way to support the show. I, it's a lot of work doing this and a lot of energy, a lot of time and a lot of love. And for those of you that have signed up, I cannot thank you enough. It's just keeping the train moving on its tracks. And I really, really appreciate it. And also my birthday's in March. So um, can I get, um, I decided I'm turning 30 this year. Great. <laughs> Again. Great. And then last year, I think it was a little bit higher, but I'm turning 29 and three quarters. And so why don't I get 30 new Patreoners before my birthday on March 27th? I think that is an attainable goal. I think so too. So um, guys, please sign up. It is, it means a lot. And I love all of you. Um, and I just got a text about Dr. Jeff. So I will respond to that. <laughs> it never stops. Yay. Um, guys, Twitter at Sarah Galley, Instagram at Dean Galley. Ravi, this was like so much. I'm yeah, like I'll obsessed with you. <laughs> It'll be fun. This is a lot. I feel like there's so much for we didn't even it was scratch so, the surface. Yes, we were we were chilling for we were chilling. half an hour just talking about life. Which isn't that how life should be lived at the end of the day? Life, it's a conversation. A no, this is the podcast. The podcast to talk about life. Talk about Real. life, housewives. Real housewives. And things in between. God bless us all. This is what I can't wait to kick you with you again soon. And guys, if you're on Patreon, listen to our exclusive bonus after show right now. Okay, bye guys. We'll talk to you again next week. Okay, bye.